This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. From London, this is a special edition of The Standard Podcast, and I'm Mark Blunden. You've just been rickrolled by The Standard. Only joking, we're playing that mega hit for a reason. In this special episode, you'll hear one of Britain's best-known musicians, Rick Astley, in conversation with Standard commissioning editor and writer L. Hunt. Recently, the 80s star has enjoyed a renaissance thanks to a collaboration with indie band Blossoms playing the Smiths' back catalogue. The partnerships proved so wildly popular, the supergroup played a celebrated set at this year's Glastonbury Festival just hours after Astley performed his own daytime solo gig on Worthy Farm's Pyramid Stage. In this episode, you'll also hear the singer discuss the Rick Rolling phenomenon, gigging with Foo Fighters, his views on Morrissey, researching the competition, and Astley's ninth studio album, Are We There Yet? But did Tom Cruise really lend Astley his Mission Impossible stunt team? Now it's over to Elle. Your Smiths tribute act with the lovely Blossoms. I was there, it was bonkers. Oh, you were? All right. Yeah. (laughs) It was the one that all my family wanted to know about afterwards. They were texting me, asking me if I'd been to see Rick Astley and Blossoms. I feel it's been a bit of a hit, but I wondered how on earth did it come about? Well, because I met those guys when the Manchester Arena reopened after the bombing, you know, the Ara Grande show. They had Noel Gallagher headlined and they had a bunch of bands from Manchester. And because I'm sort of from that area, whatever, I snuck in and got to play. So Noel, who was a real gentleman, had everyone in his room afterwards, literally just opened the door and said, all piling here. So we all did and had a beer and had a chat about it all and just what had gone on. So I met uh, Blossoms then, but not really enough to sort of become mates or anything. And through management, they got in touch and said, "Uh, we do a podcast. Do you want to jump on it? So I said, love to. And you've got to keep in mind, they're younger than my daughter. So that's a bit of a strange one for me to be having conversations, not about music, but certainly about growing up roughly in the area they did, within a 20 mile, you know what I mean, up near Manchester, let's say, yeah, yeah, and about music from Manchester. I said to them, look, in another universe, one day before I'm done, I'm going to have a night of just singing Smith songs because I absolutely love it. Yeah. I do that when I'm in my shed mm-hmm. or when I'm out for a walk and stuff. And I've done loads of gigs where I've sang other people's songs. Last year I did like a Sinatra thing. I've got a three-piece midlife crisis rock band with two friends. Mm-hmm. We do punky nonsense. Anyway, they got back to me a week or so later and said, we've been thinking about it. We'll be the band. You can sing it. We'll play it. And I thought, well, 
we'll do that in a pub in Stockport then. Great. We'll just find a pub in Stockport and that's what we'll do. But obviously, because they're looked after by, you know, good people and I've got people around me and all the rest of it, we got together, had a jam, had a rehearsal, played through a bunch of songs. And before we know what we're doing, someone's going, right, I booked you two shows. We're going to this, that, the other. And it was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> you know, some people will always know you as the Rick Roll guy, the 80s pop guy. Is that something that bothers you or are you, you know, grateful for it? I'm grateful for it. I mean, obviously, on the one end, you want people to know about the new stuff you've done. Every artist wants people to know they've made a record and there it is. And that's what's important. Listen to that, please. The yeah. truth of it is the main reason I get opportunities is because I've got never going to give you up. Unless an artist is, let's say, somebody like Kylie, who's obviously in that Stock Aiken Walton thing as well, has a, a career that doesn't really ever stop. To do what I did, which is like not really do anything for 15 years in terms of proper stuff, that's a bit of a bizarre sequence and scenario anyway, really. So then to sort of say, yeah, you get an album, you do it in your garage. We had a number one album about six, seven years ago with a, with a record I made in the garage. And I only did it for fun. I did it because I turned 50. I did it as like a sort of... Yeah going to stick it on the internet in my own way or whatever you know what I mean so truth be known I don't think personally a record label however good or bad that record is I don't think a record label would have been entertained by the idea if I didn't have never going to give you up and a few other bits and bobs because the truth of it is that's what enables somebody to kind of allow 50 odd year old people in the building if we're going to be honest about it in that music video you look so young had you ever done anything like that before you were like no, 21 no. when i went to do that video the concept of being in on camera was still pretty new and also doing some bizarre i'm not going to call it dancing <laughs> movement in front of 25 people a film crew and there's some guy hanging out of a block of flats screaming at us to shut up because he's doing nights to turn that bloody racket <laughs> off. It was pretty weird, you know? And all the clothes in that video are mine. I just turned up to make a video. No one knew I was. I just turned up and said, right, okay, so this is happening, is it? Well, I've got a bag of clothes over there. I've got a raincoat. I've got a blazer, stripy T-shirt, pair of chinos, boom, turtleneck. Oh. It's kind of weird when you think back what that video has become, if you yeah. know what I mean. And I, I say that with all whatever, um, because it has, whether I want to, you know, hide away from that or not. And I don't, by the way, but I'm just saying, even if yeah, I yeah, did, yeah. it's just no point because it's just, it precedes me and it's just right there. It's part of me. It's part of my DNA, but it's also out in the world way before I am. Have you ever been rickrolled by your own song? Yes. I got rickrolled <laughs> in the very beginning, about 15 years ago. A friend of mine, I, I didn't know what rickrolling was, so... He emailed me about three times and each time I just emailed back going dirt or like, you know, question marks or what have you. And in the end, I actually called him. He lives in America and I called him and said, what are you doing? He explained what it was. It was a bit weird. And luckily our daughter was about 15, 16 at the time. And she kind of just said to me, look, just don't sweat it. It's not about you. And I'm like, I don't really get what you mean by that. <laughs> Obviously, she was the right age to be a bit more savvy about the internet and what was happening on a daily basis. She could see it and take it as like taking it in her stride, almost going that her dad's this thing. Just just don't worry about it. It's not actually about you, the guy who's my dad who sits there right now. I'm really happy that it happened because, to be honest, I probably, let's face it, would the Foo Fighters have known one of my other songs enough to sing, to, to play it so that when I bumped into him in Japan, literally watching from the side of the stage, I ended up getting on the stage with him. That probably wouldn't have happened and loads of other things like that. And they use that because it's a big example. Let's go to the ads coming up. How an Instagram love-in with Simon Pegg led to a very unusual music video collaboration. Why not hit follow in the meantime and give us a rating? Hold up. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Welcome back. Now we return to standard commissioning editor and writer L Hunt's interview with Rick Astley. I wanted to go back to a couple of sets that you played at Glastonbury. Your pyramid sure. set ended up being huge, you know, 60,000 people odd showed up. And I was wondering, could you talk me through that afternoon? Like, were you confident before going on that things were going to pan out like they did? Or um, No, not really. And the weird thing for us, we went on at 12 o'clock, so it wasn't even afternoon. And I mean, you speak to any musician, as I'm sure you do, nobody wants to go on at 12 o'clock. I don't mean just because like, oh, I'm on first. Not that aside, I just mean like your voice, your body, everything was slightly nocturnal. When you get in that thing of summer shows and your own tours and stuff, it's like, why am I getting out of bed at 7.30? What the is going on? But that's kind of what we had to do, you know, and we've got to get in the mood and get ready and try and warm up as best you can. So that side of it was kind of weird. I'd been at Glastonbury the day before. We didn't stay on site because I desperately knew that I needed to get whatever sleep I could get. I needed to get sleep. So I thought I just can't run the risk of, you know, being woken up at three and four and five o'clock in the morning or so I'll never be able to sing. So yeah. we didn't stay on site. We stayed in a little little pub, actually, a little pub hotel that we know of that we stayed a bunch of times in, actually. Nothing yeah. to do with customary, just other times. So we had some of my family. Obviously, our daughter was with us as well. My wife manages me. Then we had friends that had come from America because one of our family friends is the guitar player for Elton John. And that's been right. 50 years. His kids have sort of grown up with our daughter and been friends and, you know, all this stuff. And it was going to be Elton's last gig. So therefore, Davey's name is his last gig in Britain. But So there's a gang of us that literally was a, a posse of us. So by the time we went over to Glastonbury, it was a bit weird. I was nervous and it wasn't the normal preparation in terms of a gig and stuff. You know, we walked out on the stage, the pyramid, about 12, th- uh, sorry, 11.30, 20 past 11. And there was just nobody in the audience. There was a few hundred people down by the barrier. And my wife and I were just going, okay, so this is going to be highly embarrassing. And then sure enough, 5-2, it filled up and there was loads of people. It turned out amazing. And then obviously we had the Blossoms set later. So for me, I was just on a permanent high from, from 5 past 12 from once we got our gig going till I finished with Blossoms and probably for five hours after I was just in another universe. I love the Smiths a lot. They were one of my favourite bands for a mm. long time. Morrissey's mm. songwriting is incredible, but he's a bit of a divisive character is a tactful yeah. way of putting oh. it. How do you feel about him? I read somewhere and it's an old phrase, I think, or it's an old uh, term Technology, what have you, and that is separate the art from the artist. So, for instance, there's a lot of painters that were horrifically horrible people, but they created beautiful works of art that are hanging in galleries all around the world. And so I don't see there's any difference from a musical artist to a painter, sculptor, whatever it is. And so I just say to myself, what they created was absolutely incredible and beautiful. 
are we there yet? It was a bit of an album chart battle against Ren. It is a battle because, to be honest, whether we like to admit it or not, every record label is trying to get their artist to number one. And whether it's a tiny label that then has got some massive universal behind it or whether it's one of Universal's forefront, like, boom, this is Taylor Swift, you know, what have you. Or myself with being with BMG, we're a big company, you know what I mean? They, they, they've got a slightly different outlook on where they do it, but they're a big company. They're all going for it. And some of the artists, let's face it, I would have loved mm. a number one. I'm not going to deny that. But I also think looking at who he is and what he does where he's coming from with all his you know illness side of things as well and all of that that he's had going on so he's gone from like busking on streets in brighton when he was a kid i know this because i've sort of researched him and gone into him a bit as i do with different people you know not because he's the competition but because it was just interesting weirdly i remembered that my daughter who's 31 now played me a track on youtube or played me a clip on youtube and it's him and another Ooh. artist, and I forget what she's called right now. I'm going to try and find it while we're talking. I'll do that on my phone. And I went, oh, my God, that's that guy. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't really know much about him. Do you know what I mean? But I just Ooh. thought, oh, my God, that, that is that guy. Her name is Chinchilla. Yeah, Chinchilla yeah. Or Chinchilla, I'm not sure. Anyway, so our daughter, she found this thing. She said, oh, you should have a listen to this guy and this girl. They're amazing. you know. And I thought they were a duo. So I didn't know what I thought it was. To be honest. I just went, that is amazing. And then, obviously, I've been digging into what he does a little bit more recently. And I kind of, I kind of feel, to be honest, I've got to be very careful I say this because I don't want to let down the people who've been working on my record in any way when I say this, but we have to have room for new artists. I know he's not new, new, but he's new to having a number one album. Do you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. Room for that. So as much as I want it, don't get me wrong, I'll elbow anybody out of the way. <laughs> if, if they're in my age bracket or from my what have you, they're going out of the way. I do feel sometimes there should almost be two charts. There yeah. should be a chart that, you know, Fleetwood Mac, the Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, Paul McCartney, and everybody else who, you know what I mean? Yeah. All sort of people are a bit older and a bit this, that, and the other. It just feels a bit weird that you're going up against someone who's got the possibility to have their first number one album. Another one and a 57 year old guy who's lucky enough to have had a couple before mm. can pip him at the post of that. And that felt really weird to me, if I'm honest. It felt a bit like this shouldn't, this shouldn't really be this. But I also can't take away from the fact that my record label and all the guys and girls there, some of which are in their 20s, by the way, they're not all at my age. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So for them, it's like, it's a big deal for them because they've worked on a number one album. They've worked on a number two album now. But, you know what I, mean? I read that Tom Cruise has loaned you his stunt team. Is that That's one way of putting it. No, Simon <laughs> Egg was at one of the festivals we did this year and I saw him, but I just thought, I'm not making eye contact with that guy. I'm just not doing it because I'm a huge fan. I love all everything he's been in. He just showed a bit of love on Instagram, I think it was, or what have you, saying, you know, nice sort of comment and he loved the gig and all that. So I replied to that sort of saying, oh man, Really appreciate it. And my wife, who's actually um, produced movies and been involved in movies and lots of things over the years, you know, for 25 more years, whatever, she was, well, why don't we ask him to see if, why don't we see if he wants to direct a video for you? And I'm like, well, come on. He's like, he's does all, you know, he's a, a different, and she said, well, you never know. So as luck would have it, she knew people who knew him in that sort of world and just I'd got a message to him and said, do you want, do you fancy doing a thing? So we sent him the track and he said, yeah, I'd love to. So he's, he's directed the video and because he's Simon Pegg yeah. and because there's this actors thing going on at the moment where people can't actually talk about it, even or do that. It's so peculiar what's going on with them at the moment. But what that means is there's huge amounts of people who can't make movies, all the crews, all the everything they can't make movies either. So I'm not sure how and what and where, but we got to have a crew that would normally have been working on Mission Impossible or make, you know, some big Hollywood movie. Yeah. So I think the press got hold of me saying something about that. 
and decided that Tom Cruise had organised that for me, which is not the case. I'm sure Tom doesn't, unless Simon's called him or texted him, I'm sure he doesn't know anything about it. But yeah. it was pretty amazing and it was really great to see Simon Pegg in in what I think is is probably going to end up being another thing that he does, which is direct because he was pretty amazing. I've done loads of videos over the years. I've been on mm-hmm. film sets with my wife because obviously she's produced movies with proper things going on and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And... um Sometimes it's not the easiest thing in the world to get a set to feel comfortable, but actually get done what you need to get done. And he he did a really amazing job of that, I think. There's much more news and features in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. We're back on Monday at 4pm.